Whoa, those fireworks scared me. Must be some kind of celebration. Whoa, that is, listen to this. Party atmosphere, it's like New Year's Eve in Vegas, except it's the celebration of Ingle Radio, the podcast. This is outstanding. The 200th episode uh, in Goal Radio, the podcast presented by the Hockey Shop, source for sports, Langley, thehockeyshop.com. Congratulations, gentlemen, David and Kevin. And Darren. And we Darren, absolutely. Been there since episode one, all together. We don't make it without you, buddy. Happy New Year. Happy wow. birthday. What is it? Happy episode? Happy, happy, happy. Happy, happy. There you go. Happy, happy. Kind of, kind of rhymes, uh, doesn't it? No, seriously, uh, 200 episodes, uh, it, it's extraordinary, uh, that number. It's, it's actually even cooler when you go back to how long ago in real time uh, this thing started and, and how long it's been going. Yeah, I'm not so good at the math, but that's basically almost four years. Four years, yeah. 52 yes. a year, eh? Wow. You guys are still putting up with me four years later. That's unbelievable. <laughs> If I hadn't known then what I know now, I would have uh, said lobbied to have the podcast named One More Question. But uh, <laughs> but Ingle Radio, the podcast is is pretty good. I was going to say if you had known then what you know now, you would have politely turned down our phone call when we came when we came a call and asking if you wanted to be involved. I remember that conversation with David. I was at a soccer field in pre. I was at a baseball uh, during, field. Uh, there you go. Uh, so it was cool, and and Woody was off. I, doing what he thought was watch wisely left me out of that conversation because he wanted the answer to actually be yes. <laughs> Darren didn't have enough time. The game would have been over if you'd been there. Uh, episode 200 is going to feature uh, the same guest from episode one as we retrace our roots. Uh, Roberto Luongo is going to be on the program. Our milestone episode. So you've got Luongo at one. Uh, number 100, Woody. Francois Allaire. So we got some tie-ins between uh, one, 100, and 200. Incredible. And by 300, the names that we're seeing on the scene right now and starting to dominate, uh, I, I don't even want to guess who could be in, in that range because we've got a bit of changeover in the National Hockey League and the, uh, and the top of the mountain room and the goaltending. Well, I think we, it, like Roberto's, Roberto was perfect for this one because he just got inducted to the Hall of Fame when we did the interview. Right. I think we can probably find another reason to bring him back because it's pretty special to have him. I don't know if people realize this. He mentions, I wasn't aware of this. He had mentioned to me in the past that he just doesn't do podcasts. Um, but as you'll hear him say, he literally doesn't do podcasts. He has done one twice and that's us. So um, pretty honored to, to have him make that exception for us. And I think it's a perfect way to celebrate. Uh, he kicked us off in the car. Uh, we upgraded the studio and did it at a rink this time as opposed to in my car. But I'm pretty honored to have him back for episode 200. Didn't realize just you know how special that was until he says, as you'll hear at the beginning of the interview, that he just he doesn't do these. So uh, we consider ourselves lucky that he made an exception. For the few that have not been along for the ride from episode one, Roberto Luongo uh, did the opening uh, interview for... In Goal Radio, the podcast, inside Woodley's car as they drove around Vancouver, which we've, is really cool. We're not the only one we've done that way. Uh, nope. Fre Freddie Anderson, I think we had in the car. Ian Clark, we had in the car. You know, sometimes you just got to give people rides and pull out a microphone and say, hey, by the way, the cost of this ride is an interview. <laughs> and we've <laughs> done uh, various... Too? Yeah, I, I believe uh, we've all done 
different episodes from our vehicles. I've done one from the vehicle, but I haven't had a guest in the vehicle, but you have, Darren. Yes, you're right. Uh, that was? From the National Hockey League goalie department, Kay Whitmore. There you go. He and I did one outside the Buttonville Airport in Toronto, <laughs> uh, just north of Toronto. <laughs> sort of sounds like you're picking him up with an illicit shipment of gear to be measured or something. Well, I think he lived north of Toronto and he was on his way downtown. I live in Markham, uh, lived in Markham. So it was uh, on his way uh, into work and he just popped in and we uh, we recorded. I, f- I forgot that uh, Whit and I had recorded that interview from yeah. the vehicle. You know what? And, and I think it's a good reminder. Like not only was Kay an awesome interview in that one. But amidst all the conversations that we're hearing around the league about why offense is up, and there's a lot of different reasons, um, but I think sometimes people miss that, like, I think the gear trim, the sizing charts, the chest protectors, it's been effective. I, I think it gets overlooked too often in these discussions, some of the work that Kay's done of just sort of trimming down goalies uh, as much as maybe goalies didn't love it, I think fairly and safely. And I think it plays a role like, you know, even some of the little tweaks that were made in 05 that made it harder to get to the ice or harder to seal the ice, like getting rid of some of the pillows and some of those things under the caps. Like, um, I think I think, you know, so sometimes I think people forget just how big a role that Wit played in all that. Yeah, and he is a busy guy. It just isn't in the weeks leading up to training camp. Uh, There's a bit of a lull. Uh, after that, but then guys start ordering their middle of the season gear and the different uh, reverse retro sets or the third Jersey sets. Uh, it's, it's almost, I know he does a lot of uh, viewing in the hockey operations department in the situation room, uh, as well in, in taking in games, but, uh, the, the gear cycle through that office never really stops now. No, it's constant. Yeah. It's constant. Four years ago, we got uh, a, a lot of different gear coming through. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist was uh, still part of the National Hockey League. We were talking about the uh, uh, the fast rebounds uh, going out. Uh, that is now standard. There's a there's a few different advancements that we witnessed in the gear, uh, which uh, is all available over at the Hockey Shop, source for Sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of special gear ordered for special events that require Kay's permission, how about Linus Almark? with the custom setup he had for the Winter Classic at Fenway. We can get to that in a minute. But Jeremy Swayman wearing the tan sort of leather retro look, true PX3, uh, which will be on its way and arriving soon at the Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com. So we've talked about the sales. We had the Boxing Day sales sort of blowing out all the old uh, to make space on the shelves. And boy, there are just, there is a ton of, of shelving at the new location of the hockey shop, but make space for the new gear. Uh, we saw the 20.2 from True come in with our gear segment last week, the offshore model uh, PX3, just like Jeremy Swayman's will be here soon, should be arriving any day at the hockey shop. We'll do a review of it. We'll do an overview. I teased it last week, sort of the role that Freddie Anderson played in, in, in the development of that line and some of the changes in the thigh rise and you know, that's that's kind of why we love the hockey shop. They're always on top of the new stuff that's coming in. We had that Warrior Ritual M2i stick that came in a couple, couple of weeks ago on the show. We'll keep refreshing you with all the latest stuff. There'll still be stuff on sale as that Boxing Week sale sort of carries over on some of past models that you can still get on a discount. But like this is the exciting time as we get into January, February, March. All the new gear starts showing up, uh, and there's no better place to find it and find out about it 
whether it works for you, whether it's going to suit your game, whether you just want it because it's nice and new and everybody wants the latest, um, the staff at the hockey shop will be able to answer your questions about all the new lines and some of the discounts you can find on the old lines. Make sure you check them out at thehockeyshop.com. Well said. Uh, let's get to a few different items before we bring in Roberto Luongo, who's waiting patiently right now in episode uh, 200. He's been through this a couple of times, so he knows the the drill. Uh, the World Junior Hockey Championship wrapping up with Team Canada with a big win over Czechia. And Hutch, there's an in-goal connection to the gold medal game. Yeah, there sure is. Darren, the uh, two starting goaltenders in the gold medal game, Thomas Milic and Thomas Suhanek, were both in-goal premium members. I actually just wanted to check in to see that we could get in touch with uh, Thomas Milic uh, should he turn out to be the winner because we've had uh, several of the last, I think the last three Canadian goaltenders uh, from the World Juniors have come on here uh, on the podcast. So I thought, oh, let's just see if Thomas is uh, on the list here. I'm pretty sure I'd seen his name before and yeah, sure enough. And then uh, gave another another check and Thomas Uhanek's been with us for, um, I think, three years at least now too as a as a member. So just awesome to see these guys uh, using in goal as a, uh, as a way of learning the game themselves, even at the highest levels and pretty, pretty proud, honestly, to, to see them out there. Well, and they're in the gold medal game. What do we hear a lot about, um, you know, sort of during the early rounds, there was a lot of discussion about Canadian goaltending and development and some of it was a little overdone. Probably some of it was because Millich hadn't gotten into the net yet. But one of the things I heard a lot about these two goaltenders was how well they read the game. Uh, and how well they process and how maybe that there's times where in the goaltending development in North America, that's one of the things that's lacked. I, I've heard that on radio conversations uh, over the past couple of weeks. And yeah, so I don't think it's a coincidence that both the guys that are in the gold medal game, and I'm probably making some assumptions here, but what the hell? They probably, <laughs> they probably check out pro reads, right? It's one of those features we've heard from NHL goalie coaches. We've heard from NHL goalies like, that is the best way to learn how to read the game short of experiencing it yourself is to sort of process it through the eyes of an NHL goalie. And uh, we've got what, like, oh, you know, talking about episode 200, I think we're well over 150 of those up. Um, last couple Definitely. featuring Thatcher Demko and some great insights from him. So congratulations to those two guys. Uh, excited to have them a part of the Ingold family. And, you know, if I'm not saying that if you get a subscription to In Goal Magazine, you're automatically going to make the World Junior Championship gold medal game. But I'm also not saying it. Not not saying it. Not not saying it. That's right. Uh, Just, Milich impressed me. One with his battle ability, scrambling uh, when things do uh, get a little chaotic in the defensive zone and the mental uh, strength of, of Milich. There is uh, at times during this tournament where things were going against them and he managed to lock down and no better uh, example of that than the gold medal game when they allow the couple of goals late and, and are able to win it in overtime. The Slovakia game, the save that he makes in that uh, in overtime, uh, he turned some heads for a guy that has gone through the draft. Yeah, for sure. And, and don't forget going down by a couple of goals against the United States as well, and then locking it down. So uh, great performance. I think the thing that stood out for me is probably the piece that wouldn't stand out for a lot of people and just how easy he made some difficult situations look. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about just a simple, a simple overlap on a, on a shot coming off the rush. He controls a shot right into the shoulder. How many other goaltenders probably drop into RVH there, can't control the rebound, turns into a big scramble. Uh, he just reads things really well and makes the simple controlled play. And then, as you said, Darren, he's got that ability to scramble when he needs to. 
made a couple of spectacular saves. How about the one coming across basically in the full splits and then lifts a leg about a foot and a half yeah. off the ice? And is it not? And Woody's po- holding up his glove. That was later on. There was one fully with his leg coming across and he lifted it up and, and made the save. That's not the gold medal game. Yeah, the glove save uh, in the gold medal game. Um, there was a scorpion save in there at one point as well in a scramble. Just that ability to stay aware and to stay balanced in an urgent situation, because that's another thing we see. A lot of guys can make that acrobatic move where they come sliding across in the splits, but it's an all out hope it hits me. I got nothing after that. Whereas Milich is able to remain balanced to even move while in motion. Um, yeah, I think supreme skill there and, and just a real pleasure to watch both of them play. And, and if, if we're looking for reasons why he didn't get drafted the first two times through, I think everybody knows what it is, right? He's just over six feet tall. There are multiple teams in the National Hockey League that, you know, basically won't even consider. And in some cases, you know, I've been told not even allow their scouts to submit reports on guys who are under six foot two. And so Thomas Millich wins a gold medal at the World Junior Championships. And the same night, you know, exhibit A for why that's not a good way to operate Turns, turns in 64 saves in a 5-3 win. UC Saros, the goaltender that everyone who's not six foot four loves to cheer for and watch and point to. Um, so it, it's amazing to me that Saros can be a Vezina finalist, have performances like that, try and single-handedly drag the Nashville Predators into the playoffs this year, and we still have that prejudice to the point where a guy like Millich goes through. I'm, I don't think he'll get through three times. Somebody's going to pick him, but I'll be curious. Meanwhile, Dustin Wolf continues to absolutely dominate the American Hockey League as another undersized goalie who almost didn't get drafted himself. Uh, One of the last picks by the Calgary Flames. I covered that draft here in Vancouver, despite also dominating in the Western Hockey League. So I've seen a little bit of give on this. We've always had the conversation that, um, you know, maybe there is an ideal size if it's 6'2", 6'3", but on either side of that, whether you're smaller or bigger, you have to overcome things. Uh, the little guys just don't even get a chance and the big guys will get chance after chance after chance. And I think it's time for that to uh, maybe not change entirely because I get the philosophy, but I hope that pendulum starts to swing the other way. And then you've got uh, Saros jumping on the uh, All-Star game announcement, uh, making those 64 saves minutes after being named uh, to another National Hockey League All-Star weekend, along with Igor Shesterkin, which you would expect from the New York Rangers. Linus Allmark is having a season for the ages Historic. from the Boston Bruins. And Logan Thompson, the eighth rookie goaltender named to a National Hockey League All-Star game. Uh, Pelly Lindbergh uh, did it. Grant Fuhr did it. Uh, Don Beaupre was the first in 1980. Uh, that's as far back as they go. And Sean Burke, who is Logan Thompson's goalie coach in 1989. Nice pull, Darren. I like Darren, that. the goalie historian. I'm well, impressed. I did a little research for my own broadcast with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, last night. You don't uh, have to admit that. You're just a goalie savant. That's that's <laughs> don't don't admit you looked it up. It's just top of your head brilliance. But great, I mean, those are great names, obviously, and I feel good about it because didn't I name Logan Th- like when we were talking about long yes. shots and Vesna trophies? Like Logan Thompson is a really good goalie. He had he posted some adjusted numbers last year that were really impressive and for the most part this year he stayed at that level. So, um seasons but like the one that Elmark is having is probably going to keep him keep everybody away from a Vesna trophy, but you know, Logan Thompson's been a good really good story. He's been a really good goalie for Vegas and it's nice to see him get that recognition with the All-Star nod. 
Halfway through this year, he's got as many wins as he had starts in the National Hockey League coming into the campaign. So he's uh, he's done a good job there. Uh, Logan Thompson uh, going to the NHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, the last rookie, uh, you guys, was John Gibson in 2016. The last rookie uh, named to the NHL All-Star uh, game. Uh, Want to also ask you about Jack Campbell and switching gear in the middle of the season. Am I surprised? That he switched? Not at all. Okay. Am I surprised Why? he switched in the middle of the season? Maybe. Um, okay. Because this was coming. Because this was a conversation that uh, I'm pretty sure they had with him shortly after signing him, if not before. Uh, because, and if they didn't have the conversation, there was certain unawareness from the Edmonton side um, that the gear that he was wearing uh, with Toronto and, and dating back to his time with the LA Kings was costing him goals. Like flat out costing him goals. Um, Puck sneaking through the five hole. You know, obviously he was wearing a very soft Vaughn product, you know, a la Jonathan Quick. Like you could basically grab his pads and fold them up like an accordion. They were so soft. And so small thigh rise, soft thigh rise, um, somewhat narrowish butterfly at times. There were just too many pucks that got through there. Uh, when I went through his season with Toronto for from a, uh, pre-scout project for nhl.com uh, uh last year like i quickly found seven goals that you know are going in just because those pads are so short and so soft at the top of the thigh rise so not surprised by that um because i knew it's an issue that edmonton was aware of and wanted to change that it was brian's he changed to is also probably not a shock because who else changed to brian's in the offseason carter hart who'd he skate with in the summer dustin schwartz um, who's this, who's Jack Campbell's goalie coach in Edmonton, Dustin Schwartz. I think Brian's, and interestingly enough, um, you know, we saw this with Robin Lehner in Vegas a couple times where it actually hit the thigh rise and, and a little bit of a trap door. The thigh rise was soft enough that, that the puck would actually knock it backwards. Um, I, but I think for Jack, that allows him to have a taller pad, stiffer than what he had, thinner, so it's that taller thigh rise isn't going to interfere with each other when he drops or when he moves. Um, but certainly a stiffer profile than what he had in the Vaughn, a taller profile. I've had a lot of people talk about how he looks bigger. Uh, I am a little surprised, though, on the chest protector, Um, not just because I wasn't aware that was part of those conversations, but because to me that's almost a bigger change. Like, that's like that's almost a bigger change. You can still make really? that, that Brian's pad um, soft and flexible and and feel similar, Um, you know, maybe not to the, to the degree of the Vaughn, but feel like a soft, flexible pad. I mean, it's it's their more flexible option of the two lines. But chest protector, I mean, chest protector is personal. Chest protector is a feel thing. That's, uh, I, I think guys, I think guys struggle to change that. I mean, maybe I'm off on this, um, but like you see guys that are wearing chest protectors that, that was one of the biggest issues with the rules when Kay brought them in was guys just wanted what they'd been in. So in some cases, guys that were in ones that, that you know, weren't big at all, didn't have a massive profile, just were pissed that they had to change out of them because they were so comfortable in them. And to them, that was such a big change uh, in terms of just the feel it gave them on the ice. Hot, do you agree with that? Are you surprised at that? I'm, I'm still trying to process it because on the one hand, my my initial reaction to that is, I think Woody's crazy. Switching a chest protector shouldn't be all that hard. And then I think back to some of the conversations he's had over the years with guys and it starts to make sense. I mean, I remember Woody sending me a photo from the locker room having sat down with Martin Brodeur 
And how old was that chesty that he was wearing? Oh, yeah, we got to dig that one up. <laughs> we had that article on the old site. Like, yeah, that, exactly. That thing was, so long ago. And the only reason he changed is because like, it got to the point where the padding wasn't protecting him enough and he was starting to get injured. Yeah, and I think we all have that. I don't even know how to describe it, but just our perception of what our upper body is doing is, seems a little bit more refined, a little bit more precise than what we all do with our legs. And so so maybe, yeah, from a field perspective, I guess, as I think about it, Darren, it... Uh, it does make a lot of sense. I, I've had goalies say that outside of skates, it's the most personal item. Yeah. but It's comfortable. Like if you find one that, that fits and works, it's a comfort factor. And, uh, and that is a big thing uh, with, with more, probably more your arms uh, than, than the chest. But I'm it's, sure that it, there's it, a there's little a, bit in it. But that, I, I, get, I get the comfort factor and wanting to feel good. But I... I but it highlights a guy searching for solutions right now, yeah, isn't it? If you're, you're willing right. to make that change mid-season, you're you're really got your head twisted. And what and was nuts. the switch? Uh, was it the same manufacturing? No, no. He he switched from sorry, switched from Vaughn to Brian's uh, pads, gloves, and I'm pads, actually yeah. I haven't even checked to see what the switch is on the chest protector. My apologies. Okay. I should have sent a, should have sent a quick text before we did this, but I just know it's a much bigger profile. I you know I guess would be it's either a Brian's, which I just saw Alexander Georgiev in here with. Or, I mean, the most popular by far from what I've seen being in the rooms, the most common chest protector in the National Hockey League, and, and it's because of how it sits and how it looks and how big it profiles, is the CCM NHL legal version, which you can't get at retail, but that's the one I see the most uh, out there. But like, here's the other thing about Jack, and this is why maybe I was a little surprised, especially midseason. Probably the only reason this change wasn't made before the season is because of a sensitivity to the fact that Jack really identifies him, like his identity as a goaltender is in some ways tied to that soft Vaughn style pad that he switched back to after he was traded to the Los Angeles Kings. One of the first thing that goalie coach Dusty Emu did was get him back in Vaughn's. When he was in Dallas, they switched him and, and, you know, I don't know the full like, I haven't talked to both sides of this equation, but in his mind, he was switched and pushed into a switch to, at the time, a Reebok pad, a very stiff butterfly, you know, doesn't move with your leg, moves around your leg, like a Reebok, Reebok Premier style pad. Um, and I think he felt like by the time he got to LA, like he, he felt like he lost part of his identity as a goalie who moved and the equipment moved with him rather than around his leg um as an athletic goalie like there's a there's a there's a mindset there's a this is what I am as a goalie that ties to your equipment at times and in his case he felt like he lost himself as a goalie when he was forced to switch into a you know a stiffer um you know more just sort of again just sort of uh wear it loose can't tighten it up super tight rotates around your leg style pad and he felt like he got back to being him when he got into the Vons again, like like Jonathan Quick was wearing in Los Angeles. So that's why this was not an easy change to make because I think his identity as a goaltender was largely tied and the success he had in that Bond gear. Um, but I like like I said, it was just it was just costing him too many goals. And this isn't even like please don't take this as a knock on Vaughn. Um it's really not like it really isn't. And hey, listen, they owe us money, so I've happily knocked them before. Um, but I'm not knocking them here. Like this is a choice to, to, this isn't even a style of pad that he was wearing that, you know, the way he had it set up that was really even commonly available. Like it was so soft and flexible. Um, they probably could have made him a pad that would have, would have performed similarly 
um, you know, stiffer and taller and things like that, but it just wasn't how he identified himself. The hockey shop, uh, the hockey shop, uh, dot com, as well as Source for Sports Surrey. Uh, it's all under the same umbrella, and they make it happen when you want equipment that fits your style, or if you're looking at change and uh, switching it up, like Jack Campbell has done. And I'm sure that he's been this has been a process throughout the season. I haven't seen the Oilers practice firsthand, but I'm uh, I'm anticipating that the answer would be that he's been merging this in. I can't remember the date, but it was certainly before Christmas, so we're at least two weeks of him sort of sampling this. Uh, we heard through another manufacturer, actually, that um, that, that the Bryans had been in the room. Uh, I want to say that was early December we had that meeting, uh, you know, talking to the reps from other companies. We knew that he was looking at other gear and that there was Bryans equipment in the locker room in Edmonton. But as, like you, Darren, we're not there every day to see how many times he snuck out to, to test it out before a skate or before a practice to sort of get comfortable with it. Hutch, if you don't mind, uh, go checking on Lou and make sure that everything is okay in the green room, that he's got the refreshments and uh, the snacks are, are all caught up to date. Uh, and Woody, uh, let's send you out to the hockey shop, Source for Sports Surrey, uh, thehockeyshop.com, because you get that new gear and you want to keep it looking new, and there's a product that helps with that. Well, and you know, speaking of switching gear, this segment very much ties into not a gear switch, but a how to keep your gear clean switch. Uh, we were reminded of the puck out gear, the puck out sort of um, product, which is uh, like a solution that you dip onto like a, yeah, it's a little puck shaped brush on one side and almost like a, what's the magic eraser? Mr. Clean magic eraser on the other to basically keep your pads clean. And we've, we've actually profiled this stuff before, but the reason it became current is because there was a goaltender here locally that really liked to keep his pads clean, but he was doing it in a very unique style, and that was Spencer Martin. He was rubbing Vaseline on his pads before every game. And a lot of people hear that and go, what the? He actually got it from Pavel Fransos, he said. It was something that Pavel used to do uh, in Colorado. And so why would you rub Vaseline on your pads? There is no performance benefit. As a matter of fact, Spencer told me that uh, you know, he he actually stopped doing it on his blocker because he realized pucks were sliding and not steering as much as he would like. Uh, he initially experimented with his glove, but that was obviously a disaster because the pucks wouldn't stay in there like they should. Um, there's no performance benefit. You cannot get it on the inside edge or the pad won't slide as well. This is strictly about when pucks hit the pad and left a mark, the mark was on the Vaseline and not all the way down to the pad. So you simply wiped it off and you had fresh white pads. And a lot of people are probably hearing this and going, that's crazy. Jack Jake Allen said that's psychopath stuff when I when I presented it to him when Montreal came through town. Um, but of course, Jake actually had to go to a car automotive paint shop to have his original true black skates painted white and black. So who's the psychopath now? Who's Jake? the psycho? <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, the, the point being. Yaroslav Halak, practice pads, cleans his pads before every game has throughout his career. Some guys just want to look fresh. And so, but the Vaseline, it was becoming a story. Matter of fact, I wrote about it. It was becoming a lot of work. Um, He'd been through two giant tubs already this season. So I gave him an alternative. I brought him some puck out. And now let's go to the hockey shop and Cam can explain to you what it is, and how it works. Because I'm telling you, it's work for Spencer Martin. 
Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. We're over here in the goalie corner, goalie utopia as I'm still calling it, at the all-new location out in Langley, 34,000 square feet plus of hockey awesomeness, including Cam's little world here in the goalie section, where we tend to focus on, you know, big items, the pads, the gloves, the chest protectors, the sticks, the masks. But today we've got a unique one. Pro-inspired. Pro-inspired. Yes. Puck house. Now Excuse what? Me? Puck. Puck, puck out. Oh. Get the puck out of your pads. Ah. In other words, if you are a goaltender who likes a clean look, and hey, some guys like that sign that they, you know, me, it takes me months to get black marks on my pads because I never make any saves. So I want them there. Self-deprivation aside, also we're talking about when you're selling your gear. So, sorry, self, self what? Self-deprivation. Deprecation. I'm not depriving myself. <laughs> That's staying on the real, folks, because he did it to himself. I know I'm not allowed to mock him, but he did it to himself. That's staying in the show. Okay. Get now the puck out of here. Try and regroup here, Cam. You're right, because when you're selling your pads, you need to clean them up. This is the material you want to use. So before I tease the pro validation that we had just this week from a pro that I introduced this to, tell us how it works. Tell us what it's for. Seems pretty simple. It's just going to take the puck marks off your pads, your blocker, your glove. Um, I know we've used it on Bauer products. Mm -hmm. We had a set of 2S, Supreme 2S Pros that had like 300 games in it through the testing process. Put this on, wiped it off, like 30 seconds the blocker was clean. Um, is there anything you need to worry about? Uh, maybe saying a more traditional Gen Pro pad, do you have to worry about colors and not wiping Screen it print off? Screen logos. Green print logo. So any of your like, you know, any logo that's screen printed on the side, so a logo that's not embroidered or anything like that. Um, I'd cite maybe like, say like a Vaughn logo on the side of a, a, a Vaughn pad on the outer roll. Um, something like that. If you're sitting there rubbing on it, you're, you are going to take You, you got to work at it. Yeah, but you could take that logo off. So you do got to be a little bit careful with it. Other than that, again, you're getting that sponge, that scrub brush, and then you're also getting their patented puck out juice Puck out juice. Puck out juice. Is that the technical name? Yeah, I know. I don't think there's a really good term for it, but. Listen, I know some of you are like, why do I want to take the pucks out? But the reality is there are guys in the National Hockey League look good, feel good, play good. Story time. Story time. So they want their pads to be white. Yaroslav Halak cleans his pads before every game. Not using this. He's got a different mix he uses, but maybe I needed to introduce this to him last year when he was here in Vancouver. Because there's another goalie in Vancouver right now that is using this. Spencer Martin, don't know if you saw the story. If you haven't yet, make sure you check it out at ingolmag.com, was actually rubbing Vaseline on the face of its pads before every game. That's right, Vaseline. And before you tell me he's crazy, as maybe Jake Allen might have later that week, he actually got it from Pavel Francouz. So he's not the only one that was doing this. The concept is quite simple. It's not about performance. As a matter of fact, he learned some hard lessons about not using it on the glove because pucks would skip out. He stopped using it on the blocker because pucks were skipping off it and not getting a good grip and steering it better. But he was using it on the pads right down to the end before we introduced him to puck out because the puck marks would hit the pad with the Vaseline and it wouldn't stick on the pad. It would actually sort of stick on the Vaseline so he could just wipe it off and have that clean look he desired. Obviously, you're going to take a little heat when you're rubbing Vaseline on your pads every day. It's also a lot of work. So I he can stopped. also imagine. So the solution, puck out. Tried it the other day. Got a text message from him an hour before game time. Works like a charm. If you need to clean up pads, to sell them, if you need to clean up pads just because you want to look like Spencer Martin and Yaroslav Polak, fresh and clean and crisp, 
reach out to Cam. He's got a bunch in stock. He's ordering more because he knows this is going to be a big hit, this video. Where can they get you? 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. I feel like you should have memorized a number on that one. You did it. That was you. That was all you. This is all you Pro validation do. today. Look, look at that. Pro validation, puck out. If you need it, if you want your pads cleaned again, whether it's for personal use, we're not judging, or to sell a set of pads, make sure you hit them up, thehockeyshop.com. This ships across the border, no problem. They've got plenty in stock. Check it out and your pads will be clean. No need for self-deprivation. <laughs>I use it. I've used it for years. I I, I love the product. Uh, I think it it's got some real benefits to freshen things up uh, on gear that you've had for a number of years, or just to keep it clean if it's brand new and you can you can keep up uh, to date with that brand new out of the box look. Well, and you know what it really works well on is Bauer gear. As long as you don't rub too hard, you can't rub through sort of, if you got digital printing on there, you got to be a little careful, can't rub through the layer on top of the digital printing. Works really well on Bauer Gear. As a matter of fact, that was the sample I took um, to Spencer. I had, a, I had a bottle there and I had it still in my garage, a half bottle. And I had a Bauer blocker. We got a Bauer 2S Supreme line that has well over 300 skates in it. And actually, interestingly enough, it, it's funny because the old, the old knock on Bauer used to be durability. These pads are still going. And so they're in the in-goal garage. We got them back from the junior goalie that had them last, and the blocker was black. And so I just took a dot, and I rubbed sort of the front edge of the, of, of the blocker with this stuff, and it looked like it was brand new. And so that's what I showed Spencer when I took him the remnants of that bottle. I said, hey, you want to try this? And he did, and then we got him some more bottles, of course, from the hockey shop. Where else would you get your, your puck out? There is a caveat that um, Cam threw in there about logos. So, in it, for example, including the Bauer logos, um, the color logos uh, on the side uh, along the pad, or also on the blocker. And I, I gotta say, Spencer did some experimenting and and maybe didn't heed my warning about the logo. So make sure you heed Cam's. Uh, first time he wiped it, the blue Bauer logo basically smeared all over the face of the blocker, and there may have been a moment of panic there. Um, not, and this is, you know what? He texted me. And the panic wasn't that he'd ruin the blocker because he, he, it was an old blocker. He's got three or four of them. It wasn't the one he was using in the game. The panic was he was worried that the equipment staff would be upset by it and that they would blame me for bringing oh, this product into the got, locker. He, back. He, he had my back. He was worried about me, which, like, I love this kid, by the way. Um, also think he's a heck of a goalie. And, like... That's what he was thinking. So the good news is, yes, he smeared it all over the blocker. Yes, a little bit of the color came off, but it was an old blocker. But also then he just, he took the product and traced around where it had smeared and all the color came off and the blocker looked normal, except he'd lost a little bit of the color on the, on the Bauer label. So be careful, folks. Don't rub it over the over the labels, over the raised labels, over printed graphics. You can wipe them right off. Spencer learned the hard way. Unfortunately for him, he's in the NHL and he had a couple extra blockers kicking around. Hutch is back from the green room. How's Lou? Uh, Lou's great. Woody, is that specific to the logo then? And like, if you've got the custom printed graphics on your Bauer pads, are they in danger? No, they're not in danger. What you do have to be careful. Someone told me this because um, there's a there's a there's a layer over top of those graphics, like a clear mm -hmm. layer. Um, if you scrub really really hard, and the weird thing to me is you really shouldn't have to. 
um, to take it out. Like it just wipes right off the bower pad. But if you were to scrub through that initial layer and get into the printed graphic, mm. you'd be there's where you'd be in trouble. Um, the other thing you gotta be careful on color gen pro. I don't know, Darren, you, if you've got color gen pro on, on, on your pads, I was trying to think you gotta be careful on color gen pro not to wipe too hard as well. You can smear some of the colors on, on an old traditional style pad. I haven't had any issues. I do have color gen pro. So, uh, so far, but I'm, I'm not exactly the mightiest of scrubber. So that may work to my advantage in this case. (laughs) And before you go grab Lou. Uh, for your interview with uh, Roberto Longo on this 200th episode of In Gold Radio, the podcast, give us a, a, a little Cole's Notes version of what you guys talk about. That's a good question. It was a few weeks ago. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we just we kind of go over a uh, little bit of everything. Obviously, congratulate him on the uh, Hall of Fame nod, uh, what that experience was like, uh, a little bit of a reflection on the career. But then we get into what's going on around the league right now, like what he's seeing. Don't forget, he's... You know, he's a special assistant to the general manager in Florida. He runs the goaltending excellence department for the Florida Panthers, still very much involved on a day-to-day basis uh, with the game, with the position. And so we just ran some questions by what he's seeing, like the way offense is being created, the keys to goaltending, um, you know, just kind of a little bit of a little bit of what was it like to go into the Hall of Fame and then right into sort of the modern era of the game. Um I think if anybody wants to sort of catch up on his roots in the game and history with the game, definitely go back and, and check out our first episode with him because we got into a lot of those details in the initial uh, Roberto Luongo interview 200 episodes ago. Crazy. Awesome. Uh, off you go. Yeah, you and Lou. We'll get to you in just a second as we get to our feature interview presented by Sense Arena, Sense Arena VR, our great friends. Awesome time to get into Sense Arena, guys, because. The NHL shooters are there. Darren, not a big deal to you, but to Woody and I, it's a big deal to get the face NHL shooters. I asked my son, Matty, to check it out and give me his feedback on it. And he said, wow, big step up. Pro shooters have been in there for a long time. Euro pros were there doing some of the video drills where they sync the virtual puck to what's happening in a video situation so that you feel like you're facing a real life shooter in Sense Arena. But he said the NHL guys are a big step up. So if you've ever dreamt of what it might feel like to face an NHL shooter, now's your chance. Go grab Sense Arena. They've got some great new deals, guys. If you already have the Oculus headset, then you can go try it for seven days with no commitment. If you want to try sort of a lower version without those video drills, unfortunately, without the NHL shooters, they've got a cheaper option now as well. I think only 29 bucks a month. Again, need to have that headset first, but just some great chances to get into Sensorina now, and it's an incredible training tool. And I'll just give you a little example of how it can be useful. Um, I was at a game last night, and um, my son might have given up a goal he wasn't super happy about in the game, picks up Sensorina this morning, finds a drill that replicates the situation he faced last night, and he repped it out um, this morning just to go over what had happened last night and see if he can find a way to, to make that save next time he's there. So there's something Sense Arena can do for you in the comfort of your own home. You don't need to have ice. You don't need to wait for the next practice. You can have it fresh on your mind. And there's a good chance you're going to be able to do something to work on a particular skill that you want to face. It's, it's a tool like unlike any other guys. And we're really proud of uh, the fact that they've been with us for a long time, maybe not 200 episodes, but a big a big chunk of those uh, feature interviews over the years have been presented by Sensorina, and we're 
want to thank them for being along for the journey, guys, and look forward to another 100 together. I just love that. Uh, you encounter a situation on the ice, you can get specific to that uh, off the ice with Centurina. What, what an ability to be able to double down on your practicing without the need to get geared up and get ice and get players doing exactly what you need and explain everything uh, going through it. Uh, wow, uh, that's an awesome uh, commentary. An unbelievable tool. And one of the things I love about it, guys, is just the fact that they're constantly developing it. And so each of these new releases comes up with something more exciting. I know one of the plans for the future is for teams to actually be able to put video into the system and then it can replicate the plays. If you want to be able to like pre-scout power plays, for example, um, Darren, the kind of situation we were talking about here, maybe they wouldn't have had a drill for an exact situation, but there's going to be a time down the road not too long when when they'll be able to actually input video from a game and, and replicate the situation. So that that's a ways down the road. But uh, but again, improvements being made all the time. And uh, what was always a great tool just gets better every time they have a new release. Evolution. So important uh, in sports uh, with professional athletes. And we're seeing that uh, on an ongoing basis as players move on from the likes of the World Junior Championship into their professional careers. And we witnessed it uh, from his junior days and back-to-back Memorial Cups and World Junior Championship with Roberto Luongo to being a, a historic draft choice and then into a Hall of Fame career in the NHL. And now on the management side, it's Roberto Luongo again on In Goal Radio, the podcast, celebrating our 200th episode with Kevin Woodley. Super excited to welcome back to the Ingle Radio podcast for, for the second time. And the first time was the first ever. And now we're kicking it on episode 200. So yeah. we survived, Lou. Roberto Luongo. It's a little, we're in Rogers Arena now, so it's yeah. a little nicer than Kevin's car. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. Congratulations, first off, on, yeah. on the Hockey Hall of Fame. What an incredible honor. We've, the last time we had you on, we reminisced career highlights, yeah. things like that. Getting a chance now that you're retired and looking back on it. Have you had a chance to sort of reminisce and think about the impact you had on the game and, and your career and, and what you know what comes to mind first when when you know yeah. when you go into the Hall of Fame? Oh, first of all, thank you and congratulations to you on the two hundredth podcast. I'll have you know that uh not only do I not do podcasts, I'm a strict no podcast guy. Uh you're the only person that's ever been on. I've been on twice, so congratulations. That's a that's an accomplishment on its own. Uh, so I thank yeah, you. yeah, I'm honored. so it's been a crazy, uh, it's been a crazy past few weeks. Uh, been fun, a lot of reminiscing and, uh, going over sometimes, um, not only in my professional career, but as a child and growing up and, uh, so it's been, it's been fun, you know, going down memory lane quite a bit and, uh, feels a little bit more real than it does now than it did, uh, about six months ago. Do you have a sense? Did, did, did it leave you with a sense and and I'm imagining you would have it to a large degree anyways without the Hall of Fame, but just how much you meant to both communities, Florida and here in Vancouver, now going into the ring of honor is here in here as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, you know, obviously when I'm in Vancouver, you know, I see you know, the people and they love the love they have and, you know, the relationship we have is great. And, and, and uh, so I, 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 when I'm here, I feel it right away, you know? Uh, back home, it's a little bit different, but, uh, it, it is, it's great in a different sense of, 
when I do see people that recognize me and they come up to me, they're always uh, not only grateful but for what I did on the ice, but also I think uh, off the ice, you know, especially with, you know, the shooting, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's um, it's a different uh, vibe, but at the same time, both are uh, they're really nice. What about goalies? Do you do you like now in your capacity if you're around the Panthers when you see teams like? I know goalies yeah. that cite you as the guy. Now they're getting into the league. You were the guy they grew up wanting to yeah. be. Uh, I think of Jeremy Swayman wears number one because yeah. of Roberto Luongo. And that's a dying thing, by the way. Not yeah. as many number ones. Like, do you, do you have a sense of the impact you had on inspiring maybe some people to, to play the position as well? Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, the it's funny. The, the NHL uh, put out a video, I think it was maybe a week or two before my induction. And there was a bunch of goalies talking about me and stuff. And one of them was Vassy. And he said he had a big poster of me I saw on that. his wall I was kind of kind of taken back you know because you know you look at Vasi's the best goal in the world and you know when 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 you think that uh, you were somebody they looked up to it's uh kind of feels a little bit surreal he, you are now or you were the sort of you had Grant Fear you were other people's Grant Fear that's got to be kind of a cool feeling like I, I don't know if it's something like have you ever thought of that before or did he yeah. are you aware of that when you're playing like it's kind of a stupid question from the outside but do you think about those things well you you, you don't really think about it no but uh, you know you, you figure there are people that idolize you but then when you realize you know it's just regular people but then when you see that it's like other goalies that are actually in the nhl now it kind of feels a little bit funny but it's 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 quite special what can we do to get the number one back i obviously it's not coming back in florida yeah. but like what's the deal like I thought your line on yeah. when I asked you way back when why you were number one is one of my favorite yeah. things of all time. It's a disappearing trend in yeah. the National Hockey League. I think league. it's a little bit old school, you know, but uh, that's why I liked it. And uh, maybe my little guy is going to be in the league in about uh, 10 years and he'll be he'll bring it back. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the numbers is just different. I think you just look at the number one and uh, when, you know, some goalies have it, I think uh, – when you look at it, it to, to me, when I look at a goalie that has number one, it just feels different for some reason. I don't know why. I don't. I can't explain it, but uh, just brings me back to like old school hockey, and you know that's that's how I grew up loving the game. Well, I wear it in beer league because for the yeah. same reason. Yeah. But my teammates suggest I should add a zero to it to match my goals against average. <laughs> oh, so it doesn't, doesn't before quite go. or after the one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely after yeah. the one. Um, your son playing. Last time we talked, he wasn't a goalie yet. No. He's transitioning. How How is goalie dad life going, and how do you feel about this? Uh, I, it's actually fun. You know, I, b- before COVID, he was a forward, uh, and I loved watching him play up front and score goals and, you know, cheering him on. And uh, when COVID came, you know, he took a year off the hockey because obviously, you know, we didn't want him to uh, to play during that time. And that's when he came to me and he said, Dad, I think I'm, I want to change, make change. I was like, okay, no problem. Uh, so we have a little garage, hockey garage set up in my house. And, uh, during COVID, you know, we, we'd go in there, uh, almost every day and, and just, you know, shoot pucks on him or balls or whatever, whatever it was and work on some things. And, uh, last year was his first year, you know, we played a little rec, rec, uh, league and, uh, uh, you know, tested it out for the first time. And this year is, he's actually in first year travel. So it's been, uh, it's been quite a year and it's, uh, you know, uh, it's been fun and, for me as a dad, watching him in net is a little bit nerve-wracking. Because, I was going to ask, know, that's he, different than a forward, eh? Of course, because now, you know, you, you want him to stop every shot. Like, yeah. you don't want him to let any in. And, um, you know, when he does let one in, it's, it's heartbreaking, right? And his team isn't isn't very good. So he loses all, every, you know, all of almost every game. And But he's facing a lot of rubber, so that's good for him. 
Okay, so that actually brings me to the league. Let's bring it to now. And when and you watch in your capacity, you know, um, with the Panthers and, and as, as the director of the goaltending excellence department, goals are up. Offense is up. I mean, we I can we can tell what's changed. Wait, how hard? How much harder do you think this is for goaltenders for young goaltenders to navigate some of these scores and the fact that games can change so quickly? It's just not as buttoned down defensively as it used to be. Yeah, exactly. The game is more wide open, right? There's more scoring chances. It's faster. To me, I just, I, if I put myself in their shoes, I just, that's the time that we play in. So, you know, as long as you're you're the best goalie in the time that you play in, you don't have to compare yourself to guys 10 years ago. You have to compare yourself to guys in the league now. So that's what you're competing against. And that's how I gauge my performances. Obviously, you're going to let in more goals. Maybe your save percentage is not going to be as good as it was guys 10 years ago. But, as long as you're, you know, trying to be better than the guys on the ice that you're competing against every night, you know, that's what matters. Might it be tougher mentally? Just because there's, it's, yeah. it's the swings. There's so many swings in the game. I wonder how hard that might be for some guys to manage the emotional swings that come with, like we see comebacks like crazy. And, you know, especially as we are seeing more guys get opportunities yeah. at younger ages. I mean, you've got one of the best young goalies in the league in Spencer Knight. Uh, it, it just feels like it must be a different type of challenge to manage the emotional swings of the game. Well, that's what, that's what uh, the emotional swings is. The guys that can handle the best are the best goalies in the league. That's just what makes them great, right? Because every goalie can play goal. Like, you know, nowadays, almost everybody plays the same way, you know. So the difference maker is really the mental side for me is, is guys that can handle that, those swings, the pressure, uh, all those kind of situations, uh, you know, when things are not going well who can get out of their little slump the quickest and all these little things, those are what separates the best, you know, from the rest. And, uh, uh, the game itself is, is, I think is in a good place. So, uh, goaltending wise, I mean, you're facing more rubber, but at the same time, the games are more exciting. So as long as you can, uh, you can keep your team in the game and, 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 you know, bank in the points, I think that's, that's what guys are focused on. Beyond the fact that there's just more offense and, you know, your, your coach Paul Maurice was talking about the other day about, you know, it's just, the third line isn't grinding yeah. anymore. It's full of skill. There aren't a lot of stay-at-home defensemen. Um, but east-west, like the way the games change in terms of attack and laterals, yeah. how have you seen the goaltending position evolve? I mean, you haven't been out of it that long. No. But in the last five years, we were running some numbers. The amount of lateral plays below the hash mark have yeah. gone up forty-one percent. Like if, so, as you're watching it and watching goaltending, what type of evolution are you seeing, or what type of evolution do you think needs to happen to keep up with that? Well, you know, obviously the game always evolves, you know, whether it's on the ice or even as a goaltender. So, you know, if I look at myself when I started my first year to my last, my style is very different, right? Because I evolve with the time and as as goaltenders, it's the same thing. And even though there are new techniques now, you got, you kind of see guys down a little bit more around the net, you know, back in the day, you try to stand up as much as you can and not go down. But now you kind of see guys staying in the reverse a little bit longer and, you know what I mean? Playing out of the reverse more than, than it was maybe in the last three or four years. So um, most of the plays are in tight. It's a good thing to, to stay low, I think, and, and, and react from there. And, uh, you know, that's it. Uh, I think you need to be a little bit more athletic nowadays to be a, you know, a good goalie. It's not as, as uh, cut-paced as it was maybe uh, 10 years ago where it's, you know, you're butterflying and, and you're just building a wall in front of the puck every shot. You know, the guys have to rely a little bit more on their athleticism. And uh, I think it's a good thing. You know, it makes it fun. That's that's why we watch and makes it more exciting saves. Is that one, when you look back at it, is that one of the th two things that jump out to me about about your career? 
Um, and I just, I kind of, to be honest, I feel privileged having had the opportunity mm-hmm. to follow it here. But the two things that jump out were the consistency and the constant evolution, the willingness to always adapt and never sort of stay still. Is that, you think that still holds true for the position? Like if you're not getting better, you're falling behind if you're not changing? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. There's always somebody behind you, uh, pushing you, ready to take your spot. So, uh, for me, that's how I approached my whole career. I was never satisfied uh, with my game. I always thought I could get to another level. I was always open to uh, new suggestions. Uh, sometimes they didn't work, right? So that's not everything's going to work for everybody. And but I was open to them, and you tried them and see if they worked for me. And um, my game, you know, evolved over the years, and I think. Um, that's the key, right? This thing at the top because things don't stay the same way. Things change all the time, not only in hockey, but in the world. So, uh, we have to make sure that we stay on top of that and, 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 and always evolve with the times that I talked about the consistency and it's probably actually, I, that doesn't do it. That's a disservice to say just consistent. It was consistent. Excellent. Yeah. Is that something you're proud of? Like when you look at your career and all you achieved, that that the, there were never big dips for long periods of time. Yeah, I, I, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. You know, uh, I wish I could say it was a Stanley Cup, but I don't have one. But um, well, we're about uh, seventy feet yeah. away right now from a gold medal that yeah. I remember you celebrating. Well, so course. there were some yeah. highlights. Yeah, there was, there was. But you know, I think the, the consistency is is something that uh, is the thing that I worked on the most, right? And it's, it's not only during the season, but it's in the off season. It's continuously always trying to be better continuously trying to stay in shape and uh everything you need to do to be at your best so um to do it for so long i think uh it's something that's very difficult and i and something that i actually am very proud of who do you enjoy watching now again it feels like i'm talking like the old days like you know like you haven't been retired that long but like are there goalies that as this game changes and obviously you've got you've got your guys and you're watching your guys closely but when you look around the league when you're traveling are there guys that jump out that you just love to watch play there's a lot there's a lot i mean the first one is vasi obviously you know we, we see him a ton in florida so uh and he's just when he's on top of his game he's literally unbeatable like you cannot beat him when it's it's rare that you find that right um what is, what is it about his game like like is it just the like he's just a freak he's got a natural athleticism size uh mentally he's strong technically he's like he doesn't have any (laughs) anything negative in his game like there's anything you can think of is it's 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 elite so i no flaws at all and uh you know he wants he wants to be on the ice every day he doesn't take days off you know what i mean like a lot of reminds me of you a little bit that's what i was gonna say a lot of a lot of you know nowadays it's all about managing your workload blah, blah blah but this kid and i talking to his goalie coach in tampa he wants to be on the ice every day he wants to play every game like that's crazy, and he's durable. Like he plays, and you know, and he's 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 one of the best goalies every year. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I guess maybe in this year he came out of one game, but like three straight runs to the final, yeah. and he played every minute up until that one instant. Like the first two cups, he never came out. No, exactly. remarkable. Your guy Spencer actually told yeah. me this summer that he sees that as something like he would he he wants to be a guy yeah. that you know would. I don't know if it would ever happen in today's NHL, but yeah. he's like, why can't you play 79 like Grant Fear, like play 75 like Roberto used to do? Well, if there's one guy that could do it, I would say it's Spencer. Uh, just because uh, he's so in tune with his body, you know, he really takes care of his body. He works hard, hard. He eats clean. He's always like, so I think he's got the type of physique 
makeup that he could handle the workload. Uh, and he wants to play. He just wants to play. That, that's, that's his he's kind of an easy go lucky guy. And he's like, I just want to play games. And, uh, if you, if you say to him, you'll play 80 games this year, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. And, um, so all that combined, I think, you know, he's the type of guy that could actually, uh, you know, take on that kind of workload. Why do you think we've seen the trend towards tandems? Yeah. I mean, we don't see, it's a pretty short list of guys who are sort of workhorses anymore. Is that just a function of, like you said, like the need for rest and, and load management and all those types of trends or, uh, is the, is the gap between, there used to be a bit of a gap, yeah. right? Between starter and backup. Is, yeah. is there more sort of quality in the league and the gap shrinking? Yeah. I think it's a combination of both. I mean, there's a lot of teams. I mean, you don't really see like clear cut starting goalies anymore. I mean, there's maybe a handful of teams that have one. The rest are all guys that have other, either a young guy pushing or like one, a one B like there's no, the gap is there's no gap anymore. And, 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 you know, every, everybody's fighting for their jobs, whether it's the goalies, the coaches, you know, and you need to win games sometimes, you know, like the, the, the gap is so small that, you know, whoever's feeling playing better or hotter at that moment, you know, the coach is going to ride that person. And, 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 and that's the way the game is now. And it kind of started when I was here with Corey Schneider. I mean, that's kind of where it started, where he was pushing me for starts. And then, you know, little by little, he was taking more net and more net. And, and it got to the point where we were almost splitting at one time and then eventually obviously took over. But, um, so I think so, some of the starters have to kind of change their mindset a little bit on that. You know, you know, we're still in, 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 some guys are in the mindset of, Hey, I need to play 65, 70 games and blah, blah, blah. But Nowadays, it's like you have to realize that there's two guys that can play, and you know there'll be stretches where you'll be playing more, and probably other stretches where the other guys will be playing more. And that, like, is that a mindset shift too? Like, we see it now; it's happening. But you're right. Like, I don't know that I ask every guy if they're cool with it, yeah. right? Like, I, I look at Swayman and 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 Almark and their goalie hug yeah. with like that type of relationship. And I think I love the way you and Corey handled yeah. it here, despite a lot of outside attention on a quote unquote controversy. Yeah. It was never that way inside. No, obviously we both wanted to play. Yeah, right. We both wanted to play. There's no doubt. But at the end of the day, it's not about Roberto Longo or Corey Schneider. At the end of the day, it's about the Vancouver Canucks and what is going to make the team better in the long run. And we have to get guys got to get in that mindset because, you know, it's easy to be selfish in those situations. And, you know, maybe you're you're upset or you're in a negative and it affects the room. You know, and that kind of stuff. We can't have that anymore. And guys have to understand that the game is changing. You know, we got to realize that, you know, maybe you're not going to play as many games. Maybe you'll split 50-50, whatever it is. At the end of the day, you know, load management. There's all these things that go into it now that, you know, guys have to realize that it's all about the team first. Okay, so Spencer, you, you talked about it. Like, eats clean, has, like, he just seems to have a mental approach yeah. that, um, especially with young goalies, the wild swings that come. We talked about the emotional swings. I feel like every time I talk to him, that's not going to be a problem if he ever goes through that. Like, he just seems so grounded. Yep. Are goalies, are we back to like just normal now? Like Goalies are normal? Yeah. <laughs> Have they ever been normal? Well, but that's the thing. Like, I kind of feel like it disappeared. Like, the weird is the weird goalie thing gone? The strange goalie thing? I don't think so. No, it's no, still, it's I think still around? Still guys still have their quirks here and there in a different way. Everybody's different in their own way. Okay, so what were some of the craziest quirks you, I shouldn't use the word crazy because that's a mm. negative connotation, but what were some of the oddest quirks that you saw, especially starting out? Like, how far have we come? Like my my own or you can go your own or anywhere. Well, I was gonna say I was the only normal goalie to ever exist. So, <laughs> so you're good. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, I'll be. Yeah. Look for this when you watch the Canucks. Although yeah. he's not starting tonight, Spencer Martin rubs Vaseline on his pads. Yeah. So we still have some of this. 
Is yeah, there we do. I mean, do you he, remember any? Like, do you, what were some of the the more different? Just things? guys have certain certain uh, superstitions or routines that are really like outrageous a little bit, you know. And uh, uh, I can't think of one in particular, but uh, you know, even if you, even if you watch, uh, you know, Knight or play tonight, he he has a certain things that he does on the ice, uh, you know, that, that that are not necessary, you know, but that's part of his routine and a little quirkiness and. Uh, guys have their own thing, whatever makes them feel good. I mean, obviously I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's over the top, but you have to be able to have a little bit of that without, you know, going overboard. Walks around Stanley Park during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, that was for her mental side of, that's, that's normal. That's, there you go. And so, and that's, I guess that's like, there's been this trend towards sort of getting away from that old stuff. So I yeah. was curious what you thought, what you thought about it. Yeah, I think like, it's still around. I think it's still around. I mean, from what I've seen, I don't obviously don't. It is just more routine. Yeah. It's more of a routine, but you Some know, of them are just and, unique. And, and exactly. And that's, that's, that's the thing, right? There's a, there's a fine line between routine and then superstition. Yeah. Superstition. And, and it is a little, it's all right to be a little bit superstitious, you know, cause we all had our little things, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we have to make sure that th- that doesn't control us. Right, so you don't get overwhelmed by it. Exactly. Last one. Now here you are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. If Hockey Hall of Fame Roberto Luongo could go back to rookie Roberto Luongo and give him one piece of advice, what would it be? Just relax and have more fun. You know, I uh, especially earlier on in my career, I was was very serious and and very focused on what I had to do, which is not bad. But at the same time, uh, I wish I would have just enjoyed it a little bit more uh, as as I evolved into you know. The person I became. I said last one, yeah. but flower. Like, do, do, do you? Were yes. You, like I wish that, I was is that bit, the perfect example of it? That's, like, that's, he, that's so key to him. Yeah. He has fun. That's the best example, and you can see it right, and he, not just in practice, but in games. He's always, and 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 that's a, that's the great greatest example you can give is a guy like that that just enjoying the game every time he's out there. Well, we always enjoy talking yeah. to you, Roberto. Thank you so much. Like I said, for making us your exception on the podcast yeah. rule means a lot to us here at uh, Ingle Mag, and, and I know to uh, the goalie union that listens to this as well. My pleasure. Woody, you you know Lou better than us. What's it like every chance you get a chance to to speak with him? Oh, that's a good question. I like, he, like I said, it was a pretty big honor for him to do our podcast just because he doesn't do any other podcasts. Um, and you, I still have that sense around him. Like, he, you know, there's just sort of a like he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest of all time, right? Like, and so, um, but it's not awe because I was around him daily for almost eight years here with the Vancouver Canucks, and that's where that relationship was built. Even though it actually started, like I look over in the corner of my office and. The first ever episode of Goalie News, which was my first time sort of trying to write about goalies and learn about goalies, was Roberto Luongo on the cover. Um, the the magazine that Ian Clark started, which sort of started this whole journey for me, uh, and that was with Roberto in Florida. So that relationship actually predated his, um, you know, his trade here. We would touch base once a year for that magazine. Uh, so, yeah, like you're still like you're you're not in awe because you've known him for a long time, but but I still very much. Like it means a lot to me that he takes the time and makes the time um, for me and for us. So you still are very, like I said, honored, I guess is the right word. Honored without being awestruck because once we just start talking goalies, it's just a conversation, right? And so, um, you know, when Hockey Canada had him on 
uh, I think it was two summers ago during the pandemic to, you know, do a Q&A with a bunch of the kids, I think from the program of excellence. Uh, it may have been actually during one of the summer camps. Um, you know, I moderated that, right? Because there's, a, again, there's that back and forth and that relationship that we have that made that an easy task for, because it just becomes a conversation, right? Like it's, I guess in a very poor way, uh, as I ramble on and on, I would sum it up with our first interview. Every time I see him for all the things he's done uh, and all the things he's achieved in his career, it's just me and him driving in the car talking about goaltending. And that's that's pretty cool. Like for me, that's that's pretty cool. That's one of the biggest honors um, I think you could get is that it's just two guys talking about goaltending and the back and forth. Um, you know, it's it's not just all one way. It's it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. I'm fan. I'm fanboy. Yeah, no, there's no uh, <laughs> issue with that at all. When you're talking about a, a Hall of Famer who happens to be a, a pretty good friend, uh, Hutch, just a, a comment from you about Roberto Luongo, the goaltender through the career and now a, a Hall of Famer. Wow, he's uh, he's been a consistent uh, presence for us, not just through 200 episodes of a podcast, Darren, but uh, through. 12 years now of in goal magazine uh different incarnations but he he was a huge presence uh right from the beginning in fact uh i I know we've told this story a couple of times uh over the years but the origin of sort of the current in goal was when kevin and i connected during the uh, 2010 olympics and the very first story that kevin sent me was about Roberto Luongo and a particular save that he'd made that wouldn't have been made without for without a a gear change mandated by the IIHF and uh it's sort of the goalie geek stuff that we just love to get into and so he's been there uh right from the beginning for us and it's been uh, an important part of our evolution and very thankful for that uh the the pro return gear of hers his that came through the offices for testing you might even see a a pad over Kevin's shoulder there uh, and then he's just been an incredible goaltender and, and maybe, maybe guys, just a little bit of a source of uh, jealousy for me because I find out about these exchanges between Woody and Roberto and I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. So, uh, but yeah, really thankful for for that. And, and then as a fan uh, here uh, in British Columbia, a fan of the Canucks for many years, um, his his ability uh, as a goaltender, the way that he put the, the franchise on his shoulders and carried them was uh, something that's just been a real pleasure to watch. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be interesting to see the next evolution of his career as an executive too. I'm looking forward to that as well. Woody, you got us beat. And uh, we're happy about that because we get to lean on you and uh, and hear about these uh, interactions with Roberto Luongo. So thank you for being so transparent and uh, sharing so much with us. You know, hey, the other thing you talked about evolution, that to me was the best part of Roberto's career, the evolution. Mm. Never stop trying to get better. I can't recall how many stories I wrote over the years about a new technique that, you know, at a time when a lot of guys would have rested on their laurels, he was always looking for something new. Um, the reverse UH was a big one for him uh, as a guy who, um, you know, struggled at times to hold that lower pad above the goal line in a traditional VH and teams were targeting. And as soon as it was suggested to him that he check it out, um, he, he tracks down Ian Clark in the summer in Florida uh, where Ian was summering, not working with the Canucks at the time, and reps out RVH and learns RVH and brings it back to the Canucks and their goalie coach at the time, Roy Melanson, is like, this is how I'm doing it now. Like, let's work on this. So that constant evolution that I think defines the position, he embraced it. 
and I think the best do. That's why they have careers as long and as successful as he did. And um, was an honor, like I said, honored to sort of get a have that window into those changes and those elements uh, while he was here in Vancouver. And and again, even before in Florida and after he went back to Florida. So um, there's been, you know what, guys, as we as we sort of start to wrap up 200, I got to share. I had another cool moment um, that just made me appreciate uh, you guys and everything we get to do here. Uh, there's times where it is a struggle to find a time of the day where the three of us can get together. There's been times where it's been a real struggle to get a guest every week for 200 weeks as we strive to bring you some of the biggest names and some of the best stories in in the position. Um, and there are times where y- you wonder, like, man, is this worth it? Like, it can be a grind. And then last night in the press box, Colorado Avalanche in town to play the Vancouver Canucks. Pavel Francouz is coming back off an injury, so he's with the team. They're running three goalies. He was out there with UC Parquela um, doing some work after, but didn't play. So I ran into him in the press box. And for whatever reason, we'd never been introduced. Because every time he Colorado came, either it was on the back end of a back-to-back and there was no access, or he wasn't playing, or he was injured. Obviously, he's gone through a couple of big injuries the past couple of years. And so I just wanted to introduce myself to him because I've always been a fan of his game. We've talked about before how like as he was coming up with Colorado, I know there were other teams that liked his game and I thought he was such a good bargain deal for the abs and every time they needed him, he's played so well. And I just wanted to say hi. And the first thing he says to me, he says, I recognize the voice. And I was like kind of caught off guard. He's like from the podcast, I listen. And so <laughs> um, moments like that, you know, amidst all the the grind it can be feel like at times reminded me how cool this is to get to be a part of this with you guys so i wanted to make sure it was just a total coincidence that that happened the night before we recorded the intros for episode 200 uh but it really put a lot of things in perspective for me and it's something i'm going to try to hold on to and remember um you know the next time a guest can't make it at the last minute and we're left scrambling. Uh, the good news too is Pavel's going to come on the show sometime in the near future. So we'll have <laughs> another guest to include. So, and it ties into sense arena. Who's been here uh, for the last couple of years, been a big part of the show because Pavel obviously is from, uh, from Czech Republic. And I believe is one of the goalies that uses sense arena. So it all kind of tied together for me perfectly last night. And it was a fun moment. Sense arena, sense arena, VR, the hockey shop, a source for sports, sorry, the hockey Thank you so much for this. And to Pavel, we can't wait to uh, hear the conversation about goaltending from your perspective. Uh, Awesome stuff. Uh, Kevin and David, uh, great ride at 200 more. We'll see what happens because uh, it is uh, a situation where there's so many stories to tell that we can uh, have uh, no lack of angles, no pun intended, uh, to cover this and to our listeners as well. Uh, Appreciate it. More people joining on board every week as we go down this journey in the wide world of goaltending. We'll talk to you next week on In Goal Radio, the podcast.